0: I have fundamental skepticism about the utility of watching the Vikings play a game of football.
1: Welcome to All Four Quarters, your one-stop shop for news, views, and overreactions to all things NFL. This week we're going to be looking at the NFC North, which is basically Aaron Rodgers and the rest. Particularly, they've decided he doesn't need wide receivers anymore. So hey, we've got Connor here, we've got Sean.
2: Hello.
1: And we've got Rodan.
2: Hello. How
1: are we getting on, lads? Any crack with yourselves?
0: Oh, so much has happened since the last podcast, I can't even... I couldn't even, I don't even know where to begin, you know, if I started, I'd just be here for the next hour talking uh, about the things that I did. It's
1: it's been so long that I have, my my chest infection's cleared up, and now I've got a new chest infection that's definitely (laughs) not the same one. Um, What about yourself, Ronan?
2: Well, that's not unprecedented, right? Like, viral infections can sometimes lead into bacterial infections, but anyway, uh, we'll put that aside for the moment. Uh, It's more like, I don't think it's like Aaron Rodgers and others, it's more like Aaron Rodgers and brothers, because we know how much Aaron Rodgers loves his brother. Uh, Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, this I I I won't lie now because I know some of the people who listen are fans of one or two of the teams in here. This isn't the most bright for some of these teams. Um but you know, you, you have to go through the darkness sometimes. You have to go through the darkness. Um I suppose we'll fly straight on into it. Uh we'll we'll start off dark. Ronan, do you want to tell us about the Bears who I believe have a high point among us of possibly winning four games. Yes, it's not
2: the most inspiring times in Chi-Town. Uh, obviously, the start of a new era with the loss, like Matt Nagy kicked out. And new head coach, Matt Eberflus. is obviously the defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Coats. And obviously, they bring in Luke Getzi from Green Bay, who is their passing coordinator, to be their offensive coordinator there. Uh, so big changes in terms of the coaching ticket. And also a lot of changeover in terms of this roster. Not surprising because it was a bit of a shit of a roster, to be honest. Albeit I'm not sure how many these guys are guys that get us excited. So in the offense, they're bringing in the skill positions. Byron Pringle, wide receiver, Vilas Jones Jr., wide receiver in the draft. Equinemius St. Brown, great name, let's be fair. A wide receiver as well. And then in the offensive line, a bunch of changes with Lucas Patrick, Dakota Dozier, Braxton Jones from the draft. And Zach Thomas from the draft being added to the defensive line, depth and uh, Ryan Griffin at tight end. On terms of defence, and defensive defensive backs, they bring in Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker from the draft, and also veteran Tavon Young. On the defensive line, Justin Jones, Alkwadeen Mohamed, uh, Dominic Roberts, Robinson, Mike Pennell, and at linebacker, Nicholas Morrow and Matt Adams. A lot of you know okay guys. No, not guys who are going to get you super excited, let's be honest. Obviously, as mentioned, Matt Nagy, gone. Uh, quickly forgotten, probably. And in terms of into the offensive uh, losses, Alan Robinson, a big loss, albeit someone who was basically already half gone last season based on his play. They also lose Demir Bird, Jakeem Grant, Damian Williams, and Tariq Cohen from the skill positions. A tight end, they lose Jimmy Graham. That's probably a good thing if you're a Cole Komet believer in fantasy. And on the offensive line, they lose two starters in James Dangle and Jermaine Ifedi, alongside Jason Peters, who was technically starting at certain points, and Alex Barris, who was depth there. In terms of defense, a lot of high-name high, high name veterans, but not necessarily guys who perhaps were at the height of their powers in this team. Kayla Mack obviously traded away to the Chargers. Keem Hicks let go in free agency. Eddie Goldman let go along the defensive line as well. Along guy alongside Bilal Nichols, who's also a contributor on the defensive line. At linebacker, they let go veteran Bruce Irvin and Alec Ogletree and Daddy Trevaton, and all guys who used to be good and weren't necessarily very good last year. And at defensive back, they let go Artie Burns, Dion Bush and Deshaun Gibson. Once again, guys who perhaps aren't that amazing uh, at this point in their careers. Well, Artie Burns maybe is okay because he's the Seahawks now, I believe. Um, but yeah, I think like, all those changes, a lot of turnover. You know, they're like they're losing a lot of big names, like guys like Khalil Mack and Alan Robinson, and they're replacing them with discount names like Byron Pringle and, uh, you know, Justin Jones. Like, it's not exactly a like for, like, swap in terms of name recognition. And it's just, a, it's an off-season where definitely feels like this is a team in a rebuild. And, of course, the big question for the rebuild is who they're rebuilding around. Obviously, a new head coach. How much faith or belief do they have in the first round quarterback they picked last year justin fields justin fields is a guy that some people believe is a excellent quarterback who was just held back by how terrible the team was like last year and and by the play calling of matt negi who refused to play into the strengths of justin fields refused to basically try to train him like he was andy dalton when he wasn't getting replaced by andy dalton and yeah is matt Eberflus and luke Getzi more willing to play into the strengths of justin Fields? who's obviously a dynamic, dual threat quarterback, who is has a solid arm and, in theory, um, should be a good quarterback coming from his time in college. He was a guy who wasn't just a one-trick pony. He was a guy who could play the passing game, but just last year looked lost for a long period. Seemed to come on towards the end of the year. First half of the year was just a outright disaster, but the, towards the end of the year you saw sparks. You saw a couple of flashy plays where he scored a touchdown after you know spinning around a lot, but also some more solid passing game action. And just you know, your hope is that the Matt Eager era was just so toxic last year with the disagreements about the whole quarter thing and the whole scheme thing that with a new coach with a fresh slate that he will be more you know uh, magnanimous about trying to build an offense around what he has not what he hopes he has but unfortunately what he's building around uh, around him this season doesn't really seem to be building towards Justin Fields having a breakout season because you know Darnell Mooney is now the wide receiver one after letting Allen Robinson go. Solid guy. I think he could definitely be an okay wide receiver one, but not a guy who's going to be like a breakout Jamar Chase. Like he, he's guy he might top a thousand yards, but I don't see him becoming like an All Pro Pro Bowl type guy. And then outside that, it's just complete question marks everywhere. It's like Byron Pringle brought in a free agency, Villas Jones brought in the draft, Equitame St. Brown, a bunch of other other veterans are brought in as well Uh, but just a lot of names that that don't really inspire and haven't really done anything of note in their time in the league Cole Komet and Hank David Montgomery at tight end and running back position respectively are both guys who I think aren't a problem but I don't know how much they can be the solution when the other bits aren't working around them Hank David Montgomery is another guy who's just like a you know maybe top 12 running back a guy who's fine but it's not a guy I, I personally think that you know it's going to turn into the next uh, you know Christian McCaffrey and Eric Dada, he's just like a good guy who's a good complementary piece if you have something to work around and Cole Komet obviously expecting to make that step up um this year we'll see how much that comes to fruition in terms of him being a passing attack threat I think he's a good blocker but passing attack threat that's the big question there and the offensive line is just an absolute joke in terms of having any idea what's going to happen here because I think right now their highly drafted guy Tevin Jenkins from last year he's on the second team. They're putting the rookie Braxton Jones at left tackle, they're putting Larry Borum, who played left tackle from last year, at right tackle. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty around the interior of their offensive line. They bring in Lucas Patrick and Togodiozie, to he's fed free free of veterans, but like Sam Stivier, I think he's getting starting scraps right now and Zach Thomas is another rookie who might get a look in it. I think. Cody Whitehair will probably start, but outside that, I have no idea what this offensive line will look like. And when, you know, you have a bad offensive line, which they definitely had last year, which definitely is part of the reason why Justin Fields looked so bad last year, I don't know how much better it's going to be this year um, with a lot of question marks here. And, you know, if you have guys who aren't going to win one-on-one, then unless Dave Montgomery does have that breakout, it's a bit of a problem. On the defense, I'm a little bit like the defense isn't a problem yet, but I'm not sure... Like, I think there'll continue to be a lot of changeover. I think Robert Quinn's coming off his best season in Chicago, um, and he was very good last year. We'll see if he continues to succeed within the Iberflue system. It should stay. It'll be a 4-3 scheme under Iberflue, which so I think will definitely help in terms of uh, continuing, continuing, you know, whatever successes you had from the Neg area defense. It wasn't great last year, but in previous years, it's been pretty solid. Defensive tackle's an issue. Very weak right now. They're relying on Justin Jones or Angelo ba- Laksin or Keir Stongan to make a, an impact. And on the other defensive end spot, al Muhammad Mohamed or Travis Gibson. Just very little depth outside Robert Quinn on the defensive line. At, at linebacker, Ruquan Smith is a stud. I think he'll be continue to be a pro Bowl, overall pro-type guy. And I think, you know, Nicholas Morrow and Matthew Adams, I think they'll be fine additions in the linebacker core. I don't, Not a huge problem there in terms of uh, that Um and then in terms of the defensive back, like Jaquan Brits if brought in as a rookie at strong safety I think I'm pretty high and I'm thinking he be pretty good and Eddie Goldman and Jalen Johnson are, are good players I think Eddie Goldman a few years ago was like a pro bowl all pro guy, guy. hasn't been quite at that level due to injury since then Jalen Johnson is a guy who some people think is an ascending player but hasn't quite hit being a cornerback one which is what he's expected to be this year we'll see if he can make that transition and be, like, with the pressures on and um, we'll see Kyler Gordon and Duke Shelley perhaps have to compete at the other spot it's just a, it's a defense similar to say the Cowboys we talked about last, last, last week you know there are stars here there are guys like Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn who I expect to be good but there's a lot of holes where they're just putting in guys and they're hoping something works out there I think with Matt Eberflus there there's obviously a lot of pressure on him as a defensive coordinator to turn the defense around and we've obviously seen you know Brandon Staley famously you know these guys they come in and the defenses don't improve and sometimes they actually get worse under them um, I think that's less likely here because I think the 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 scheme fit is okay between the previous regime and this regime but it's definitely a question there but just it's a team overall that yeah given how much change they're probably going to do next off season in addition to what they've done this uh, this off season i think next off season it's going to be about getting more difference makers in and just if you look at this roster top to bottom there's just so few difference makers so unless justin field is that elite quarterback who just you know takes that step up in year two, which is possible. He has the skills that I think to be a good quarterback, to be a fun quarterback to watch. But with that wide receiver core being so terrible, and with the offensive line being just a huge question mark, he's not been put in a situation to succeed, in my opinion. And this could very much be another ugly season in Chicago.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is this is my thinking as well. It's just a, who would be Justin Fields? What the treatment he's gotten over the past two years is pretty crappy. Drafted high, but then brought in to compete with Andy Dalton of all people, rather than having the you know been given the confidence from day one. Finally establishes himself. New coach comes in. Everything looks great, but but instead of you know trying to take a step forward, we're going to take away your best wide receiver, perhaps the only quality wide receiver this franchise has. And then expect you to to make, you know, create miracles with people like Byron Pringle and Ekumenius St. Brown. I mean, it's, we don't know how good Justin Fields is. I think by the end of this year, we still won't really know because I don't think he's been given the opportunity. Um, I think this team is quite deficient in talent all around. Otherwise, um, we can call it a rebuilding year or we can call it just being crap. Um, I really think they're going, they could easily be the worst team in, in the entire league if things don't click very well it's it's got that kind of texans last season vibe about it a hell of a lot of changes but it's kind of like throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks rather than actually a a, a kind of coherent plan we talk about things like identity and 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 kind of and sense of cells i don't think the bears have any sense of what they are as a team on either side of the ball just kind of feeling around the dark maybe even given a few years will 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 kind of build what he wants but i don't see it yet And, and what we've seen so far i don't know if we will. Um, yeah, Justin Fields just got to be patient because it's definitely this year is not the answer. It's definitely going to be a few years before we begin to see how good that kid is.
1: Yeah, like you said, just it feels it feels lost already. Of like, like you say, Justin Fields, if he doesn't do well, well maybe because Darnell Mooney, Byron Pringle, and like. Quininius like St. Brown or his pass catchers, or maybe because they didn't bring in a running back to help out David Montgomery, who's who's good but probably needs a tandem back to be in there with him, or because the line's not great, or because they've got like what nine new starters on the defense at this point. Like, there's just so many moving pieces that, like, it seems like it's yeah, it seems like a nightmare for a head coach like Iberflus as well to just be having that many pieces moving at the center. Like, the difference between this and the Giants one that we discussed last week is that like the giants one is okay. We got a few players here, here and here. We're using this year to evaluate the following two or three players. And then this is then we're going to start from scratch on this one. I don't know how you assess any of the players on this team because I don't know how they're being set up for, for success in any way. Like, actually can you judge a quarterback if these are their wide receivers can you judge like a defensive backroom if they're if their front front seven not get any pressure like it's just it seems rudderless uh, and that's not a great way to start out a season as i said i three wins and i i can't see any more from them to be honest i can't i can't see the route that they're better than that
2: I have them three wins, and Sean has going four wins. So I think we're all in agreement; it's not going to be a great season. I think exceeding our expectations isn't hard because we have them so low. But
1: yeah, just but like but like what is it? What what is it that exceeds it? Like Byron Pringle steps up, and like is is, is that it?
2: (laughs) I think we're giving them an ugly discount in the sense that even if they win more games than three or four they're not going to be a fun team to watch just because of what they've put around Justin Fields. If they eke out wins because of the defense and he turns it around, they're just going to be still going to be unwatchable. And the team's been unwatchable for multiple years now. We just, I'm just, we don't want to watch them. We don't want to see them come back to us when you have something interesting to say.
1: Yeah. Uh, next up, we're going to go to the old uh, knee biters uh, in Detroit. Sean, tell us about the Lions.
0: Yeah, the Lions, they're, they're the new Browns. You know, they're the exciting underdogs who are going to be good in a few years We've just given them a chance. And it's a team that started a rebuild last year and is now entering year two and some interesting pieces um, being added. So on the offensive side, they got a new offensive coordinator in. and then Johnson player-wise they've added DJ Chark, uh, Jameson Williams, the the rookie, although he's injured at the moment, but he could be quite interesting. Uh, tight end, Garen Griffin. On the defensive side, the big one is Aiden Hutchison who was drafted second, but probably should have been the Jags' first-round pick. Uh, they also added Josh Pascal, Chris Board, and Jared Davis on defensive backs. Uh, Deshaun Elliott was added, uh, as well as Kirby Johnson, Mike Hughes, uh, and Chase Lucas. Outs: Anthony Lynn lost his job as offensive coordinator. Carroll, wide receiver Kat- Kat- Daryl Hodge, uh, offensive line Will Holden were gone. On the defensive line side, uh, Trey Flowers um, the, uh, ended his time with the Lions, as did Nick Williams, and on the uh, further back uh, Dean Marlowe uh, and Jalen Reeves Mabin um, were gone. so this is a team that won three went 330 and one last season which is about three and a half games better than a lot of people thought they would. they looked they didn't look good certainly I mean Jared Goff is, is unlikely to ever play for a quote unquote good team um, ever again or certainly not start for a quote unquote good team ever again but they they looked exciting they were competitive in games they gave a couple of teams some scares it looks like it's coming together dan campbell we didn't have a, i remember that the preview last year we didn't have a lot of time for dan campbell but i think if things are coming together you can kind of see how they're building um and things there's there's potential here that i think needs to be understood the the, the talk or i read somewhere that the potential is this team could be reach their peak in maybe 2024 2025 it's a young team coming together you know, a year older, a year more experienced. I mean, Goff isn't a world player, but he probably is at least above average as a quarterback. We forget because of how badly it ended with the Rams. He was, he was, he wasn't a, a good enough quarterback for a Super Bowl contending team like the Lions were. But I think he's a good enough quarterback for a, a, a team like the Detroit Lions, who are just trying to to build something and get towards, you know, a, a playoff berth with an or ten or eleven win. Season. I mean, I think long one the Lions will probably look to draft a QB, maybe sometime in the next two years when there's some better names on the board. But for now, I think Goff is a, is a competent, uh, albeit occasionally unreliable uh, um, addition uh, there. Uh, as I said, Jameson Williams, he's, he's coming off a, a bad injury, so we don't really know a lot about him, but he could be a very good addition on the wide receiver side. So things are starting to, to come together in terms of that. They have Almanar Ross St. Brown as well. T.J. Shark is decent. T.J. Hawkinson can contribute. So there, there's there's a solid kind of... There's a solid receiving core there. Not overly gone on the, on the running back, Swift and Williams. I don't I don't know if they've necessarily given us too much uh, in terms of, of that. Um, but the Lions, you can see they're building a thing uh, and it's going to be a few years before it comes together. On the defensive side, things are a little bit more exciting. Obviously, obviously, um, the addition of Aiden Hutchinson is the big one. He's the guy who's talked about as a natural leader. The, the you know the one of the best talents to, to come onto the draft on the defensive side in quite a while. Um, he's going to be explosive kind of player. He's going to be interesting to see if he, how he how he kicks off. He could be the piece that the Lions build their defensive um, sense um, around them. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what that what that kind of happens because they're obviously in a division with, with players. You know, you have to deal with quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, which is going to be quite a challenge for a new team. But you've also got a, a division of quarterbacks of people like Kirk Cousins and Justin Fields. So there, there's there's ways uh, of being and where's ways of doing. Um, They're in. So, I mean, I think it's it's a very interesting place that the Lions are in. They're an exciting team to watch. We're not going to expect them to win a tremendous amount of games, but if they get into that six, seven, eight win territory, especially maybe if they're still alive technically in terms of the playoffs late in the season, I think they're going to be exciting, fun team to watch on red zone and maybe two or three years down the line this could be a team competing for divisional titles uh, and going deep uh, in the in the playoffs provided say they they continue to build on on the defensive pieces that they have and they get a a truly elite quarterback draft uh, at some point in the next few years
2: yeah and that's the key word for me compared to what we just talked about with the bears fun this is a fun (laughs) team that's fun to watch and they have a lot of exciting young playmakers and they obviously add in Jamison Williams. We'll see him hopefully in the second half of the season, the speed demon, a guy who could make a lot of big plays. And Jared Goff, for all his fault, is a pretty good deep passer, as long as he's not tricked by the defensive back. Um, and DJ Chark, yeah, I think DJ Chark, not just a meme, do, 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 but uh, you know, also a fun guy. But, you know, I got to give my props both to... Praise the sun god, I'm on Ross St. Brown. He really came on towards the la- end of last season. He looked like a really dynamic playmaker. And with more help around him, I don't think like teams will be able to focus in on him and just kinda of take him away. He was a guy that Jared Goff seemed to have a lot of um, chemistry with last year and just a guy who I just love his name and I love the way he plays and um, obviously he'll have more fun than his uh, I believe his brother Equinemius St. Brown um, uh, so praise the sun God and I, I think it's a little unfair to DeAndre Swift I think DeAndre Swift for me is a candidate to be a huge breakout star this year I think they have the best, one of the best offensive lines in the league Taylor Decker Jonah Jackson Frank Ragnow Fatai and Penny Sewell these are all guys who I think are top 10 at their position or certainly have that potential at the worst and i think if you have a really good offensive line and you have DeAndre swift i think he could have a really big season this year which Jamal williams a really good uh, backup there uh, in case if swift gets injured or just if swift doesn't take that step up i think just like the big issue with the offense is jared goof right it's like oh jared goff he's gonna throw the ball to the other team a lot he's gonna fail to get an open read like you know he he Got cut by one of the best defensive minds in the league, Sean McVay, in pretty ignominious uh, circumstances. And that probably tells you all about the ceiling of Jared Goff. But with an offensive line this good and with these fun playmakers around him. And of course, I know we've mentioned TJ Hawkinson, who, who's another guy who could definitely uh, continue to step up. He, he's been solid so far in his career, but he could he's probably level, but he could perhaps become a full weapon this year. Um, that's just an offense that... Once they get a quarterback, that's going to be really fun. But even with Jared Goff, I think it's going to be a good crack. Um, in terms of the defense, I think in terms of the talent overall, Aiden Hutchinson, obviously, as you said, a huge addition to that. But don't forget guys like Romeo Aquara, who've been solid for them over the last few years. Julian Aquara, his brother, is also pretty good for them. Michael Brockers, Ali McNeil, Levi Unsuquiri, these are all guys who... And Charles Harris. these are all guys who could be contributors. I'm not sure if anyone will be a, a like an every-down starter among those, but I think it's a good rotation overall, so I like where that's going. And in terms of the defensive backfield, I think Deshaun Elliott's a really nice move. I think he's really solid for Baltimore. He's another smart playmaker guy um, who who really uh, excelled in that scheme. And I think, you know, Armani Oudre, he was a really good cornerback find for them. Like a big question is if Jeff Okuda obviously picked very high a couple of years ago, if he could come back, that'd be great. But they're not relying on him. Like, they bring Mike Hughes in free agency. They have um, who who they liked last year. And Will Harris is good in the slot. So, yeah, I think Aaron Glenn overall is a guy who could definitely have head coach buzz he's a guy who i've uh, rated a lot since his time with the saints and turning their defense around as a defensive backs coach and i think he's a guy who could definitely has shown already the ability to take young players uh, in a pretty really tough situation last year and develop them and make them better over the course of the season so if he can continue to do that with this fresh like batch of young players and with the players he already had it's a defense i could certainly continue to take the step up i think with dan campbell i think he's more fun than necessarily being like the next best head coach but I think he I think the players love him and for a team which is on the up, which is kind of like, obviously, you know, they've reached the, the bottom, hopefully, and now they're on the upslope. I think he's the kind of guy who could get that extra win, that extra time, and certainly will keep them competing the entire season long. And so, yeah, it's all about that fun. This is a team that I want to watch, I want to see. And there's certainly a ceiling there and a world there um, where, you know, we might see them turn around and become better, faster than we expected, um, like we saw before they turned to the dark side, the Cleveland Browns, uh, under, under, the current, under Stefanski. I don't know if I could see it just this year, but the offensive line's really good. The defense is interesting just Jared Goff exists is the only reason I don't, I, I can't put them any further than, than what I have them.
1: Yeah. Well, that's it. Like, is the, the, the major difference I see between these guys and some of the other ones is that you can see where they're building and you see where they're putting their blocks in place. You can see how this will make sense, how Hutchinson will work for them down the road. You can see what they're trying to figure out with these wide receivers. I really like the pickup of DJ Chark. I think he'll fit them very well. It was actually someone who i had kind of half hoped the Chiefs would look at as well. Like, they're just they're they're building around spots. They're bringing in players that make sense for their schemes, and you can kind of you can see the plan in a way that you can't for the likes of the Bears. So yeah, I've got them. I've got them kind of right down the middle. I've got them going seven wins.
2: Yeah, eight for myself and uh, five for Sean, but I. Think- there's more upsides here than downsides. We'll see if it comes together this year, though.
1: Well, that's the thing. Like, like, like. When we talked about the Bears, I said, like, what, what does it look like if they overperform? Because I can't really see it with these guys. I hundred percent can. They get a good year out of the quarterback. Shark uh, fits in well. That defense is 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 difficult to deal with, and the DBs work well. Like this is not like I. I they don't have a murderer's row of. Of, of, of a lineup. Like, you know, we've already got them going bang average and like kind of, say we're averaging out to about seven wins. Like, yeah, I could I could see them outperforming that. I could see them, like you say, push towards the back end if, if, if everything's going well. It does require a few bits to go well. Like you say, the quarterback is the handicap here, but yeah, like I could see it happening for the Lions. I couldn't see it happening for some of the others.
0: And it's not even about the wins. It's about the fun plays on red zone. It's about scaring the shit out of a big team by taking a big fourth quarter lead or something. I mean, this is a team... Which, you know, you're going to turn on red zone and they're going to be doing exciting things, whereas the Bears, I mean, they may not even, you know, make, they may not even make red zone most, most weeks the the way they play.
1: Yeah. Uh next we'll have a look at the Packers. Um so they've added in uh Christian Watson, Sammy Watkins, Romeo Dubs and Sammy Touré all as wide receivers. Uh we'll explain why in a minute. Uh on defense have added um, Devontae Wyatt, Leon Walker or sorry, Kay Walker, uh Duran Reid, uh, Kingsley Ekabarre. Uh, then on the offensive line, Sean Wrighton, uh, Zach Tom, and Rashid Walker. They lost, obviously the big one, Devontae Adams. Uh, they also got rid of, they basically just wiped all their wide receivers, Marcus Valdez-Scanting and Equimania St. Brown. On the defensive side, Darius Smith, Whitley, Mer, Whitney Merciless, Tyler Lancaster, Oren Burks, Kevin King, Shannon Sullivan, Isaac Wyndham, uh, and then the offensive side on their line, uh, Lucas Patrick, Billy Turner, and Dennis Kelly. So... The obvious question is, can Aaron Rodgers do it all himself or is that what the plan is here? They have decided to overhaul the wide receiver core, get rid of all of them. Um, very interesting given the conversations in the offseason that uh, that uh, we had heard from Rodgers about Adams and then Adams moving on. Because Adams was essentially his go-to target. Um, there's a little bit of similarity between this and what the Chiefs ended up doing with getting rid of Hill. Of They seem to be hoping that... Picking up a couple of different players and dropping them in will be able to uh, make up for the loss of the ones that they have beforehand. And I'm not 100% sure whether or not that's going to work. Because like, if we look at this, they've got Rogers, who is very good. They've got an excellent tandem in the backfield. Then like, their wide receivers are Lazard, Cobb, and then Tanya's a decent enough tight end. And then we've kind of got the mixture then of the rookies, Watson, um, Dubbs... We've got Sammy Watkins who got picked up, who's good, but is only going to be available for like four games or whatever. So like, will essentially, will Rodgers be able to make hay with that? Because there's a question over whether it was just a preference thing or a scheme thing. But 80% of his targets were going directly at Adams beforehand. He wasn't going to second and third reads mostly. He was just expecting Adams to get open and Adams being the player he was, who was getting open. So will this actually work well with what uh, with 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 how Rodgers wants to play? They've got a good line now, so he can sit there and he'll have the time he needs. I uh, I I I I would hope that he has the ability because he's seen in previous years before he got so locked on with Adams that he has been able to spread the ball around a bit. Um, so I, I would imagine that that will work okay. But you know, it is it is a bit of a change from how they've been acting in the Lafleur area uh, era so far. Um, like. it's definitely an offense that I could see putting in performances at the level or above what it was doing beforehand, dependent on them kind of migrating to spreading the ball around a good bit more. The defense is quite exciting looking because I think they've added a few more young pieces into it. They already had some nice pieces there. It's been a slow migration towards this kind of younger group, but I do think they've got some nice pieces in there now. So if that defense can step up a little bit, like this is definitely an offense that could be putting up in excess of twenty-seven points a game, if they can get the stuff figured out. Like honestly, just their line plus their line plus their running game plus the tight end should be able to get you up to around twenty points. Like it's it's, it's a pretty good setup. So the question is: This is a team that has come top of its division or close to the top of its, its conference uh, for the last couple of years, it has constantly gotten to the playoffs and then shit the bed in the playoffs uh, and. Quite often in very unusual ways of either looking cold after having a week off and just not performing or whatever scheme they use, just running up against a brick wall and them not being able to adjust at all. So I think the main question isn't so much like, will this work? Because I have I, trust in the players they have and in the leadership they have that they're going to be able to make the playoffs again. The question is, will they be able to finally get over that hump it's kind of almost almost like the bills question of if they can constantly get to just around that point but can't get past the one or two other teams that are also at that point what needs to change for that to happen i'm i'm not sure that you know, losing Devontae Adams could be considered a positive in that respect. But again, possibly if they are then going to spread the ball around a bit more and have more viable targets, it might make it a more difficult offense to defend against. And if these young pieces that are coming in, like Devontae Wyatt and Kay Walker and stuff, if they come in and they make impacts, then they'll have a better defense to take on uh, some of these more high-powered teams in the NFC to try and get past them. Because like that's, like that's in my head, that's where the Packers are at the moment. They are already in the top end of the conference and the question is just can they get out of it can they beat the Tampa Bays can they beat the 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 Rams you know that kind of stuff and I'm not convinced that I've seen enough change to say that they're going to get there but I, I just I've got a feeling that they might make it this time around I've got a feeling that this might be enough that you know no longer is it just three players on offense. It's now, fuck it, it has to be five or six that you have to look at. And it might force a bit of diversity into the game, and it might actually help them. Um, but again, like it sounds madness, because I'm saying that I expect their offense might work a little bit better without Devontae Adams in it, which uh, doesn't really uh, make all that much sense. But yeah, what do you think yourselves? Like I've, I, I, I still have them coming very high up and I think I've got them I'm not sure if I've got them getting to the to the NFC championship game or I've got them going to the Super Bowl but I've got them like making a making a very good run at it
0: yeah I'd, I'd be in the same category as you I I, I have them ending up as a number one seed and going to the Super Bowl and and not winning the Super Bowl but but getting it the que- the question is is how is this offense transitioning right obviously they Devonte Adams was such a huge part of what this offense was. He was Rogers' go-to guy whenever there was trouble, when it was a big third-down play or he needed to get a completion or that they needed something to happen. He was the guy who made things happen. And, I mean, it sounds like Rogers isn't 100% happy about him leaving or maybe he found it unexpected. But obviously, they're trying something different now. I mean, Sammy Watkins is not Devontae Adams. These these rookies are not Devontae Adams. But as you say, it does kind of spread things around a bit more. It gives it gives a chance to them to to retool this offense into something that is more multiple attack options multiple threats bring in the running game a bit more challenge challenge defenses in a little bit different way don't rely on Rodgers doing magical things with his one wide receiver to to expand it and the question is does that work or does that not and we know with Rodgers it's you know he's a he's a moody motherfucker mother and and it's hard to know which one's going to turn up will angry Aaron turn up and start to to tear things up or will lethargic on the beach, Aaron turn up and and things don't go so well. And in many ways, the Packers have kind of matched Rodgers in terms of that. They they can look very exciting and and look very dynamic, but they have had have off weeks where they just get absolutely blown out by teams uh, for no reason whatsoever. The the Saints uh, last season, I mean, I think they had a big loss to the books the the season before that. So there are these kind of elements. And there's also the, the, the floor uh Rogers relationship. Obviously they've they've had some contentious moments in in previous playoffs about decisions that were made and it, you kinda get the sense that maybe Rogers doesn't one hundred percent buy into the LaFour thing, but he's willing to, to give it in. But the fact that he's re signed the fact that he's came back is is a is a demonstration of confidence on some level. He believes this can work and he, he is when he wants to be a very motivated guy. He's still playing at an MVP level. He doesn't look like slowing down. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't, he's got that Brady thing where he doesn't look like the age is going to impact him all that much. And as long um, as that backup uh, QB uh, sits on the sideline, he's got a reason to, to play his heart out. So yeah, I, I mean, I kind of, it's one of those things where you can see why it could fall apart if the Adams, if the, the loss of Adams completely kills their offensive mo- momentum, but also you can see that this gives them an opportunity to do something new. And in the end, you have to trust that Aaron Rodgers, especially in the regular season, is going to do his thing, especially in a division that isn't going to be much. They're going to get six wins pretty comfortably in their division, and that's a question of where they pick them up. Um, other than that. So I think they will be, uh, once again, there, thereabouts. The real question that will come in the divisional round and in, in the NFC Championship game or in the Super Bowl if they make it, is can they finally get over that hump, that that, that, that kind of stop making those stupid errors at bad times and bad decisions uh, that cost them big games.
2: Why are all my friends leaving me? Is it all the things I keep saying about them? <laughs> <laughs> I better ring up my family and find out. But <laughs> it's yeah, like look, like it, it's it's gonna be difficult to to see what happens here. I think we all believe in Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, got the two MVPs in the last couple of seasons. Obviously, he works really well within this Lafleur system. But obviously, losing Devontae Adams is a huge step down. I think someone has to step up just because. Well, someone has to catch a ball. I think Aaron Rodgers will literally like lodge it in the the visor of their helmet if he has to, but he'll make it work. And like the offensive line is a bit of a you know a work in progress at the moment, but they've the throughout the Lafleur they've managed to keep working that going. Even if they've lost high price guys, they've managed to turn it around. And Elkin Jackson will come back later in the season, and I think they'll make things go. I think the defense is actually interesting. I think the defense is the one that definitely made a step up. I was uh, I put my hands up. I was wrong. I think Joe Barry. <laughs> His reputation coming in wasn't great, but he turned that defense around, turned into a really good system. Rashawn Gary is taking a huge step up. They've got a really good defensive line uh, with Kenny Clark and Dan, like Dean Lowry and they're obviously adding Devontae Wyatt and they have Jaron Reed as depth there. So I think that's overall a really good defensive line. And and Devondre Campbell was a kind of journeyman who ended up looking really good as linebacker here. So And they have the rookie Key Walker and a defensive back, JR Alexander, is a stud who, who I think will definitely be back to full strength, I, I think, this year after being a bit injured last year. Russell Douglas has been a fine for them. I think overall the defence has been a really, really good positive surprise factor for them last season. I don't think I think it'll take a step back. I think, you know, the additions they've made should add to their depth and make them more a talented team overall. And so I think that the reason I have them dominating is, you know, I think there will be struggles early on. I think there will be a little bit of transition. I think you'll hear a lot of stories about, you know, busy Aaron Rodgers shitting all over his guys. Because remember, he, he shat all, I think he shot all over um, Devontae Adams in his first year where he was dropping a lot of passes. So he's not a guy who's afraid to call out these guys. And I think in the long run, that's not a productive way to do things. But in the short term, in terms of getting these guys to turn the shit around and finding them utterly replaceable, if they don't, then, you know, he, he'll make it do. And like, look, like he brought back Randall, Randall Cobb last year and now that looks really, really prescient, right? So, you know, he, he doesn't get everything wrong, Aaron Rodgers. But yeah, I think at the end of the day, this team has been so good, winning so many games. Aaron Rodgers has been MVP, that it's hard not to give them the benefit of the doubt and say, "Good." But like I think as Sean said, you know, we all them going at least twelve wins, fourteen wins, these kind of area. But this is a, definitely a team with Aaron Rodgers being so temperamental that there is a downside risk as well, and we'll see what happens. But uh, with the defense improved, with Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers. I think Devontae Adams will be missed, but I think they'll make it work. And don't forget, they have a really good running back tandem. So if they have to run the ball, I they should get used to that. Because when it comes to the playoffs, that would have been a useful skill to have. Mm. You know, I don't think it would be that big of an issue for them anyway.
1: No, no. So like I said, I've got them going 14-3, and three, but I have a very tightly <coughs> packed top end of the NFC in my predictions. So 14-3 and three gets them the third seed. Yeah.
2: Uh, 12 I
0: have the going 14-3, but they get the, the number one seed because my is pretty terrible. And they get to the Super Bowl in
2: my mind, but lose it. Two oh, really. C for me at twelve and five, but also Super Bowl running. But I've been digging the they're going to make the Super Bowl someday thing, and you know I'll, I'll give them the benefit of that this time.
1: Yeah, I think I have been going out in the NFC Championship games, to the Bucks, but I can't remember exactly. I also noticed that when I went back and had a look at my my playoff prediction element, the playoff predictor on the thing I used hadn't updated, so it still only had six teams making it. So uh, I need to maybe review that uh, in advance of the season starting. Um. Now we'll move on to everyone's favourite, you know, middle child, the forgotten one that no one cares about, uh, the Vikings. Um, Ronan, tell us about why we should care about the Vikings?
2: I don't want to skip my entire analysis because I am really looking forward to what Sean thinks about this team now because Sean absolutely fucking also, hated the Vikings last yeah, year. How,
1: how, but, how, how, in the, how in the setup did we end up with you with the Vikings instead of Sean? We should have just forced him to do it. But yeah. I'm like, not, I am Sean, not talking about this team, no. Yeah. <laughs> I refuse. But but, but you know,
2: we're building the expectation now. He's going to have some fire. Like, we'll wait we'll in it. But like, look, yeah. this is a team where, okay, the additions, they obviously bring a new head coach at the end of the Zimmer era. Um... Very anticlimactic overall, but now they bring in Kevin O'Connell, the latest of Sean McVay's friends, to be the next genius defensive corner. Like to be honest, you know, one of them just made the Super Bowl from the A, so maybe this does work. And he bring in uh, Wes Phillips as defensive coordinator. Who cares? It's Sean McVay. Thing yeah, I'm Sean McVeigh. I assume all offensive coordinators on like Sean McVeigh think. And they're bringing Ed donatella as defensive coordinator. Uh, he comes from the big fangio tree. Uh most of the changes they make this year are on the defense, so they added to Darius Smith from Green Bay and free agency, Harrison Phillips and Jordan Hicks, two veterans on the defensive line and linebackers respectively. Uh Brian asoma from, from linebackers in terms of rookies and Azizio To in terms of the line as well. Defensive backs, this is a big deal for them because they were kind of light there last year. Andrew Boot Jr. in the first round, Lewis Seen also in the, at the end of the first round after a pretty inexplicable trade, if I remember correctly. Um, Chandon Sullivan, Nate Hairston and I Evans as well uh, probably depth those guys. Obviously the big change, as we mentioned, Mike Zimmer's gone and Clint Kubiak in the Kubiak system has also been, uh, that's the old version of the uh, zone blocking scheme type offense. Boo Kubiak. It's all about the McVeigh uh, Shanahan type uh, variant of that these days. Uh, some big changes in the defence, they, they let go Anthony Barr, they let go Everson Griffin, uh, Nick Vigil, Michael Pierce, Sheldon Richardson, these were all contributors for them. And uh, Mackenzie Alexander and Xavier Woodson, the defensive backs. On the offence, not too much change. Tyler Conklin was let go in free agency, uh, he got a pretty good offer. Mason Cole was a contributor, but not necessarily a starter for them. On the offensive line, alongside Rashad Hill and Wayne Goldman, it was a running back for them, technically, last year. So there's kind of two big questions here, right? Like there's uh, the offense. And the offense is kinda like you know that like that meme from the office where it's like, Can you tell me the difference between these two pictures? And it's like they're the same picture. <laughs> and this is the offense. Like the only thing that's changed at the offense is no more Mike Zimmer and Clint Kubiak. Now you get Kevin McConnell sorry, Kevin O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell is gonna fix everything. And that's basically the entire theory of whether you believe the Minnesota Vikings are gonna be a like are gonna be a fun offensive to because of course they still got Kirk Cousins. Do people believe in Kirk Cousins? What do people think about Kirk Cousins? Like there's a big discussion on a on a podcast. No, about the no, Dalton they don't. Line. There's the Dalton line. Is Kirk Cousins basically the equivalent of quarterback purgatory? Because, you know, his statistics last year were pretty good. He scored a lot of touchdowns. He had a lot of yards. And in the middle of the season, people were like, oh, maybe Kirk Cousins has finally turned it around. And then, of course, by the end of the year, uh, the head coach was fired. So you well, can but we were, figure we were, out how it ended. We, were, we
1: were discussing that during the year, that, like, all those numbers were, were just bullshit numbers. They were almost like the old um, James Winston stuff of, like, it was trailing two and a half, three scores in a game and putting up some numbers to look respectable by the end of it, like... He wasn't competitive in most of those games.
2: Yeah, but they, they, you know, they were winning games at that point, so you could argue they were competitive at that point. Well, but no, no, you like know,
1: Coach you like, know our rule: they only beat shit teams. They can't <laughs> beat playoff teams, or they very rarely do.
2: I believe the biggest high was when they had that surprise win against the Packers, but it pretty much went downhill pretty quickly after that. But, yeah, like, look, like, they, like, I get why they kept the same offense because it's a good offense on paper. It's like her cousins, Dalvin Cook, is a running back. What? Justin, Jer- Justin Jefferson is a wide receiver one, an absolute stud, a wide receiver. Adam Thielen, maybe a bit long in the tooth at this point, but he's a good wide receiver too. Irv Smith Jr, bit of a question mark there. He obviously missed all of last season due to injury, but he's a guy that people are very excited about at tight end. Um. KG Osborne is, was a solid third receiver last year. He'll have some competition from uh, Spit marset and Albert Wilson. We'll see who comes there. And the depth's not too bad. Like Alexander Madison, if Dalvin Cook goes down, should be okay. And the offensive line, I think, is not bad. I think there's some question marks in terms of the guard position, whether the rookie Ed Ingram or one of the uh, free agent pickups like Jesse... David or Chris Freed comes in but like Darasaw I think is a guy who could definitely take that leap to being a good left tackle Brian O'Neill is a very solid right tackle Ezra Cleveland and Garrett Bradbury I think Bradbury's you know, I think the team it doesn't like him, but I think he suits the zone blocking scheme well. So hopefully, with the Kevin O'Connell like uh, additions and the Shanahan McVeigh type additions, maybe he can take that step up and finally can live up to his draft status. But it's not a bad offensive line. I think it's a solid offensive line. It's certainly not the huge disaster it was like two or three years ago. And then on the defense, I'm sorry. So in the offense, like as I say, it's, it's like you got Justin Jefferson. So you got Dalvin Cook, you got, you know, Irv Smith Jr., KG Osborne, Adam Thielen, you have weapons there, so you're kinda going to go There's no reason why Kirk Cousins can't put up lots of yards again. It's just the whether Kirk Cousins can do that without, you know, falling apart at the worst times all the time and basically screwing any chance you have of winning games. And obviously Kevin O'Connell is coming in and chose to keep Kirk Cousins. He chose to give him an extension and. Presumably, he doesn't hate his guts, like Mike Zimmer obviously did for the last three years. Mike Zimmer hated Kirk Cousins. That was pretty obvious from his comments. Kevin O'Connell seems like a cool, young, chill dude. Maybe they'll get on better. Um, You know, he'll, part- he'll laugh at Kirk Cousins' jokes and tell him he's a great guy. And maybe with that little bit of confidence, you know, despite the fact he's still Kirk Cousins, he can just live up to his ceiling rather than fall to his, on his ass when things matter, mm. right? He just needs a arm around his back and tell him he's a good guy. So the offense, it's the Kirk Cousins question, basically. We'll see how that works. There's enough talent here that I don't see this offence being terrible. It's just whether it could be consistent and make plays at the right times, especially when they're behind and they can't rely on the play action stuff and Kirk Cousins actually has to you know, throw uh, when they know he's going to throw and they can't just get Dalvin Cook to do half the work for him. Um, so interesting to see if there's depth there, but it really is just Kevin O'Connell, fix this, please. That's the, that's the, uh, the, the blueprint for the Vikings ownership right now. In terms of the defence, it's an interesting transition. They were, uh, under Zimmer, a classic 4-3 type defence. They're going to move to a 3-4 under Ed Donatel, uh, obviously coming from the Vic Fangio tree. Some transition costs, I imagine, as they move things across, but I think a lot of the best guys in this defence were kind of getting older anyway, so I don't think losing uh, guys like uh, Anthony Barr or Michael Pierce or Sheldon Richardson is that big of a deal overall. Um, and I think, you know, they have Dalvin Tomlinson still. I think he's a solid defensive tackle. Harris Phillips is a free agent, should be okay. Probably will need to rotate the defensive line around the other guys like Jalen Twyman or Harmon Watts. We'll see who goes in there. Daniel Hunter is definitely more of a four-three defensive end traditionally, but he's a very talented guy. Gets a lot of sacks. I think it'll be interesting to see if he can make that transition to outside linebacker, or maybe he goes into the um, the kind of like on obvious passing guys, is kicked inside. But Cedarius Smith was a I think a solid pickup. I think Green Bay he, his contract was too big. He ended up going into free agency, and I think he suits that scheme very well. Uh, I think Kendrick, Her- Eric Kendricks and Jordan Hicks at linebacker, both a bit long with the two, th- not necessarily, I don't think either that much experience in a 3-4 type scheme, uh, but you know, both solid veterans, I can't say they'll be terrible, but I don't know how much they'll fit quite well within that, and then the big question here is whether they can improve their defensive back, they chose to bring Patrick Peterson back, but I think the big question is Andrew Boot Jr., they need him to, to start here, and the look that the um, Vikings have had in terms of picking young defensive backs in the last five years under Zimmer has been pretty much terrible, 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 and so you know Cameron Dantzler is the only one who's still alive from that era of time uh, when when they're picking those guys and you know it, it just was a very bad period overall so if patrick peterson can has a little bit of juice and andrew Boot's still there maybe the defensive backfield won't be a disaster um but there's not a lot of depth there like harris smith's still solid at say strong safety lewis Sean is another rookie they're going to rely on at free safety a lot of question marks on the defense so i think the only good thing for the vikings is that if they do disappoint this year i think they will be able to put that on Kirk Cousins' head mostly, and maybe the defence in terms of transitioning. Uh, so I don't think the pressure is too high on Kevin O'Connell, especially with Aaron Rodgers still in the division. But it is is—it is a team that has talented pieces that could overperform, but, you know, I think we're all kind of in wait-and-see mode. Just the, the, the stink of mediocrity from Kirk Cousins being retained from the previous regime just makes us all go similar to the Bears, just like a, the more mediocre version of that. know if i want to see this team there are like there's so many reasons to want to see this offense and yet i still can't get myself excited for this offense because kirk cousins is still there it's still likely to have too many you know games where they disappear despite all that talent and the defense you know we'll see on the defense so overall you know until they prove that they're not still the same old vikings i'm just gonna believe they're the same old vikings but you know with a new head coach Maybe we're 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 underestimating and maybe he can make that change over, maybe they could get back to being a fun well, to get to being a fun team at some point.
1: Just to say, they're they're not gonna even though it clearly will be, they're not gonna put it on Kirk Cousins because they've guaranteed his full contract. So he's nearly fifty million in dead cap for them next year if they were to try and move on from him. Like they are tied to him for two years. So there's no way that they're going to throw him under the bus as much as they should. I don't know why they gave him that fucking money as well. Like, yeah, it's just it's just ridiculous when you look at it. If they were to cut him today, it'll cost him like 80-something million.
2: Team, teams have eaten a lot of dead money when they thought they could get a better quarterback, like Jared Goff, Carson Wentz. Teams are willing to do it. Like, 50 million is a lot. I won't deny that. It's a fuck ton of money. Obviously, this is a head coach who... With the Shanahan type scheme, that's one where Kirk Cousins and theory, should succeed. Obviously, did quite well under Shanahan back in the Washington days. But um, if they get if this year's disaster, if Kirk Cousins is not good, um, then I could see them working with. It. But I think the problem is Kirk Cousins is never bad. He's just
1: no. not good enough. He's just to he's make just purgatory. Yeah. 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 No. It's a, it's a team that I don't want Sean, to watch.
2: I want to hear Sean's opinion about Kirk Cousins. Yeah,
1: let, let Sean I'm go. Outraged. Look,
0: look, we can talk and we can talk and we can talk, but we all know that this Vikings team is going to win between seven and ten games this season, that they are the exact same Vikings team they've always been. It's, it's a new coat of paint on the same old shit, right? And yes, you can talk <laughs> about they have pieces like Cook and Jefferson and there's a lot of excitement, but when you have Kirk Cousins as your QB, you are going to have games where your offense just does not turn up where the once a defense has you figured out, you're completely dead in the water. I mean, I remember I, that the perfect Vikings game was that the Browns game last season where they scored a touchdown on the very first drive. And then the Browns went, okay, we figured out what you're doing. We're going to adjust. And that was it. The Vikings could not counter adjust. And they only end up scoring seven points for the entire game and ended up losing the game. Fourteen seven. That is this Vikings team. It doesn't matter who they who they are. They they just don't have the dynamism to to really affect things uh, when the chips are down. I mean, Kirk Cousins has the the Carson Wentz problem is that you just can't rely on him. Right. That that ultimately when the when in the really big moments in the big games he's not the guy who's going to win you the game he's not the guy who's going to get you those big fourth quarter drives to to win close games he's not the guy who's going to pull you from the big comebacks because he's just he just does not know how to perform that and it doesn't really matter what the pieces are around him because that's not going to work i mean i i can see some of the logic in the kevin o'connell thing like bring in the rams dynamism you know try and make things happen but ultimately i mean it's it's still kirk cousins right the fundamental problem with this team on the offensive side is as long as you have kurt cousins there's a ceiling to what this team is capable of and that is a really boring ceiling to be at because you know they're going to be able to beat all the crap teams but they're not going to be able to beat any of the good teams and they're going to end up somewhere around seven to ten wins as they've been doing for the past 25 years it feels like watching this team and defensively they're terrible right there they're bottom five defensively i think in both run and pass last season Because they just just don't have what's going on. So you're relying on this new uh, defensive coordinator and Don to come in. Okay, he's done some interesting things with the Broncos. There might be something there. But I just, I have to see it, right? I I have fundamental skepticism about the utility of watching the Vikings play a game of football. And I just cannot be arsed, basically, to do it until I've seen a (laughs) fundamental change. And I really struggle to see how this team is going to change without making fundamental personnel changes, which they haven't done. So I just, I just can't see it. I can't see them doing anything other than being the same old Vikings that they've been for the last five years uh, at least.
2: I will not talk about this team. Now let me tell you for five minutes why I hate this team. I hate them. They no. they, 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 they they screwed me over. They are why, why the world is bad. They caused the coronavirus. They they are everything bad in the world. I hate well, them. Well, Kirk Cousins
1: probably did cause the coronavirus.
2: <laughs> That's actually a good point, yeah. He yeah. didn't help anyway.
1: No, it's just... It's just... Like, look, the hope would be maybe Kevin O'Connell bring some new elements to it and it becomes slightly more watchable like I said it's just that thing of like it's an offense that has incredible pieces on it like give me fucking Baker Mayfield on this team and I'd be more excited to be watching it it's just Kirk Cousins is terrible like he's, he's he'll get his numbers and he'll be middle of the road but he'll never do anything special Dalvin Cook's great, Justin Jefferson's great Adam Thielen's great, like this is a, a, overall a pretty tasty team. Um, so yeah, look, the upside is maybe Kevin O'Connell does something very exciting. That's uh, that's the only upside. I've got them winning ten games and making the playoffs, but then getting knocked out immediately.
2: Eight and nine for myself. I have them, missing the playoffs. Yeah,
0: I have eight wins, but that somehow is good enough for the seventh seed. Under the way I've done it, but uh, yeah,
1: they're if they're a playoff team, they're they're barely a playoff team, and they're yeah. certainly
0: going to lose in the wild card. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, this is the thing. They're, 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 they're a playoff team now that we've got an extra playoff team.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> they are they are the quintessential seventh seed, is exactly who the best
1: They, they are the walking argument against expending the playoffs. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, um, no, that, that, that'll, that'll wrap us up for our NFC North uh, preview. Hopefully it wasn't too doom and gloom for all you uh, Bears and Vikings fans out there. Um, but I suppose, any crack for the weekend yourselves, lads? Any plans? Uh, it depends when. What weekend are we talking about here? This is this is next next. This yeah, is, just yeah. just figure it out, cos <laughs> just make something <laughs> up. sound like you have a very vibrant life outside the podcast. Yes, that's I, like asking I, uh... which
2: Viking season it is, right? They all just become the same. <laughs> Yeah. It just feels
1: like
0: the same. It's like COVID over. It's like it's just the same day over and over again. Watch the same fucking Vikings game over and over again.
1: Uh, as, uh, as, no, as, I will not
0: be watching the Vikings or any Vikings tape this weekend. I guarantee that.
1: Excellent. I will be, as, as the listeners are hearing this, I will be winging my way out to Galway to see, I can't remember if it's the Pixies or the Flaming Lips are playing the first weekend and then out camping in uh, in, in, in uh, rural rural Galway and Mayo for a week. And then coming back for another gig. So uh, that'll be good fun. Are you yourself, fits Any plans? No. <laughs> work, work, work. <laughs> Very exciting. Well, I suppose that'll do it for now. So, so that'll do it for this week. So it's bye for myself. Bye from Ronan. Bye. Bye from Sean. Bye. This has been all four quarters. Thanks for listening and we'll chat to you next week. NFC South.